0: Hi, it's Patrick here, and today we're talking script. Script as art, calligraphy, and an intriguing hybrid of two great calligraphy traditions. Angela Sun has been interning here at The Big Show, otherwise known as the World Public Radio Program, and she went across the river from here in Boston to Cambridge, Massachusetts, to Harvard to check out an exhibit there, the works of calligrapher Haji Nordine. The exhibit has closed, but it lives on Right here, right now, and also at the slash language. That's where you'll find images and links to more images. So here we go with my conversation with Big Show intern Angela Sun. Okay, Angela, so who is Haji Nordin?
1: Haji Nordin writes a very special text called the Sini Script, which is basically a fusion of Chinese and Arabic calligraphy. And he has a very special background, He is of the Hui ethnic uh, minority in China, and that is one of the groups of Chinese Muslims.
0: Now, I think that most of us uh, think of as a result of the fact that there's a lot of political unrest in parts of China. You know, we've heard a lot of news about the Uyghurs, that he is not a Uyghur, right? This is a Mm -hmm. different group.
1: Yeah, uh, like the Uyghurs, the Hui, which... Um, like you said, might be less known, is also one of the major Chinese Muslim groups. And in fact, the Hui is such a significant people that they have their own autonomous region.
0: Okay, so you went to see an exhibition of some of his calligraphy and talked to the curator.
1: Mm-hmm. I spoke with Catherine Coughlin, who is the director of the Prince Awalid bin Talao Islamic Studies program at Harvard. And she revealed to me the diversity within the Muslim community that I wasn't previously aware of.
2: In China, there are 10 different ethnic nationalities that are Muslim. And they each have different cultural representations of how they wear their clothes, their mannerisms, language sometimes. They, of course, these groups of people are very different from, say, the West African Senegalese in their understandings and cultural manifestations of Islam.
0: So that's interesting. So very different from from cultural manifestations elsewhere in the Islamic world. And and how, in the case of Haji Nordin, uh, does does that manifest itself? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, um, not only can you see his uh, work as a manifestation of both uh, different cultures, but also if you consider his biography, you know, he didn't grow up in what you would traditionally consider the Muslim world. He grew up in China and he left China and went to study abroad in uh, Turkey, in Egypt, And that is where he uh, got into calligraphy. But he never really lost uh, his Chinese roots.
0: So do you see that in the calligraphy? Do you see this sort of like this mashup of of both Chinese and Arabic traditions?
1: Yeah, in a lot of different ways. First of all, the tools that he uses, the kinds of brushes that are used in Chinese calligraphy and Arabic calligraphy are different, but he uses both. And then if you look at the shapes of the text... Chinese calligraphy is a little more angular, more square, whereas Arabic calligraphy has a lot more curves to it. But he's somehow able to combine the two so that, uh, so I'm looking at it in one direction and it says something in Chinese. And then I rotate the paper and it has a message written in Arabic. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, v- it's very fascinating.
0: Wow. Uh, how did he become known? For, I mean, he's pretty well known, at least outside of China. How, how, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, he's actually become very famous internationally. He has a a lot of people, both uh, you know, in the Western world and, and the Middle East, that are great fans of his work. And um, from talking with him, he said that he used a uh, Chinese saying that means a lot of liquid concentrated makes syrup. You kind of think of a struggling author, a lot of trying to get his name out in press, um, in art galleries, but aggregately, you know, over time, people came to. Uh, realize, wow, Chinese Muslims exist. There's uh, this thing called the Sini script and uh, gain an appreciation for that.
0: So Angela, you got a chance to talk to uh, Haji nord deen on the phone. And one of the things that I'm interested in is whether he thinks his artistic career would have um, progressed in the same way had he stayed in China as opposed to becoming this globe-trotting calligrapher.
1: Yeah, so he says that he's very fortunate to have... Uh, you know, been part of this international network from studying abroad. And one of the advantages he had was kind of the global reach of Western media. And so it's it's hard to say, you know, how his career path would have developed had he stayed in China. And to answer that question, you really have to answer the question of how is China treating the uh, cultural, artistic uh, historical traditions of its ethnic nationality right right
0: i 've been to the uh, the, the big uh, art museum in Shanghai, all whatever it is, nine floors of it and there 's at least one, if not two floors devoted to you know, the ethnic minorities and great emphasis placed on this you know, these wonderful artifacts and etc etc and yet there are uh, you know as we mentioned before news stories about uh, minorities such as the Uyghurs and maybe some other Muslim minorities and others, Tibetans most certainly, who who are extremely unhappy at what they see as as unfair rule from Beijing. So, so how would they treat, you know, what, on the face of it, calligraphy, fairly sort of benign stuff?
1: Mm hmm. Um, well, There's really two sides to the story. On one hand, uh, Li Bai, a um, professor at the Nanjing Normal University, who is of a Hui minority herself, Mm -hmm. uh, told me a really disheartening tale of how China's urbanization has been very disruptive to the carrying on of the Hui minority historical traditions. Because as... Their settlements become part of these great cities, and you know their houses are demolished. They're forced to move away. They kind of lose places like mosques, where they can, uh, you know, congregate for religious worship, for Islamic education, and that has uh, had a really large negative impact on Hui uh, culture. However, on the other hand, in a way, we're almost at a good point in terms of the Chinese government's support for minority culture uh, because it is a source of national pride. And the Chinese government has actually um, helped a lot of singers, writers, and other kinds of artists get to an international stage. But one danger of that is being put in a box, being portrayed in a Chinese way, if you think about sometimes the stereotyping of Native Americans in America, you kind of get a sense of what the issues are there. Mm.
0: How accepted, then, is Haji Nordin in the Arab world?
1: He is very popular in the Arab world. In fact, when I was talking to um, Catherine Coughlin, she said that a lot of the buyers that contacted the um, exhibition managers um, looking to purchase the work, were, you know, people who were of an Arab background that were doing maybe business in China. And what fascinates them is the fact that this is so novel to them. The Arab, a lot of people in the Arab world don't know that the Chinese Muslims exist.
0: So, okay, so he's popular among Arabs. Uh, What about among Chinese Muslims?
1: The text that Haji Nordin writes, the Sini script, is actually not unique to Haji Nordin. It is quite commonplace in terms of the decorative arts amongst Chinese Muslims. But his work is very well received because, he, one, he does it very well. Also, he's unique in the sense that he takes a little bit of risk with his work. So when I was at the gallery, Catherine Coughlin actually showed me a scroll that was quite bold. So this scroll shows the outline of a human in prayer form, and turned on its
2: side, from right to left, it reads Allah, or God. From the, from the mouth, or the aleph at the top of the part, it shows the beginning of the bismillah, the beginning of the first prayer that a Muslim would cite in the name of God. And at the top it has the bismillah, which is, in the name of God, the most merciful, the most compassionate. It's um, an unusual I would call this an unusual calligram in that the letters form a human picture that is not traditional. But at the same time, it's really beautiful the way he's been able to depict using letters the human form.
0: I thought that depicting the human form was a big no-no in most Islamic art, Mm -hmm. if not all of it.
1: You're right. So that's why uh, I asked Catherine Coughlin to explain to me why that was the case.
2: The human form traditionally is not depicted in Islamic art um, because of debates in early Islam about idol worship. So the concern that a representation of God or a human would become an object of veneration permeates early theological debates, and Muslims um, instead elevated the written word to probably its highest art form, calligraphy.
0: Wow, so what we have here is calligraphy that draws on the human form. You have these two, what would appear to be... uh, almost contradictory or at least warring artistic ideas encapsulated just in one artist's work.
1: Yeah, so again, that's just another example of how Haji Noor is a demonstration of the diversity within the Muslim world.
0: Anja, one thing I was thinking about as we were talking, and let me know if you mind if I ask you this, but Mm -hmm. um, did you learn Chinese growing up?
1: Yes, I did learn Chinese growing up.
0: And was a, a part of that, did you learn some calligraphy?
1: I did learn a little bit of calligraphy, um, I've also learned a little bit of Western calligraphy as well. And uh, I can't say they are very different. What, and when I was writing the Western calligraphy, my goal was to make my calligraphy look just like what it would look like if it were printed, whereas for the Chinese calligraphy, it was a lot more you know freestyle, about your own individual flair, the, kind of the soul behind the text.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's still highly structured, but there's a degree to which you're able to express yourself more.
1: Yeah, and that's why calligraphers can become so well known as an individual. And sometimes, if you look at a piece of calligraphy, it can almost say who has written it.
0: Right. So, when you looked at Haji Nordin's calligraphy, what what did you think? Was it as expressive as the Chinese calligraphy that? you learned as you were growing up? Or, or was it something else? Was it something alien and different?
1: It was a little bit of both. Um, sometimes I'd look at it and say, hey, I can read that character. But then I would take a closer look and think, maybe I can't because the Chinese text has become very abstract in order to accommodate it being able to be read in Arabic.
0: Ah, right. All right. So h- how would... Somebody who grew up only speaking or understanding chinese how how much of it would they understand
1: a couple pieces here and there
0: but mainly they would be looking at it as a graphic as opposed to
1: yes so for example i 'd get the big shape of uh, the Chinese character love, but then if I look at it maybe from a different angle, it would be Arabic and therefore foreign to me, and sometimes if I look at how the text uh, how the shape of the chinese character is written, it's filled in with little Arabic alphabets.
0: Mm. And is the subject matter of what Haji Nordin deals with in his calligraphy, is that significantly different from, you know, either traditional Chinese calligraphy or, or Arabic calligraphy?
1: It's definitely significantly different from, say, Han Chinese calligraphy. For example, in most of his work, he has um, messages like Muhammad is the prophet or the Shahada, which is the profession of faith in Islam. And that religious uh, message is something you definitely would not see in a typical Han Chinese calligraphy piece.
0: And generally, these are quotes from the Quran. I mean, would he stray beyond that?
1: Very rarely. Uh, Most of the pieces I've seen are the Shahada, which is the Opening verses of the Quran.
0: All right. Well, Angela, thank you very much. That's really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. And as I mentioned, there are examples of Haji Nordin's calligraphy at theworld.org/language. I'll see you there, or at the World in Words Facebook page, or on Twitter. I must say that Twitter is where I have the most fun exchanging language stories and info, and I'm just generally more active there. My handle on Twitter is Patrick Ox, P A T R I C-O-X. And one last thing about the Hui minority in China. Unlike other Muslim minorities they tend to speak Chinese, which makes them in the eyes and ears of majority Han Chinese, it makes them seem like the most Chinese quotes of the Muslim minorities. So I guess it makes sense that a Hui would draw so much from Chinese calligraphy. And what you're hearing right now is some Hui music. It's a song sung by halfway
1: called Way Girls. <laughs>
0: It might take a musicologist to properly unravel the etymology of this song, but even to the untrained ear, and my ear is nothing if not untrained, even to my ear, I can certainly hear both Chinese and Islamic influence. See you next time.